This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. Yo, welcome back. Today, we are diving into the topic of insulin. I chose insulin specifically for today's topic because in this discussion of why are so many people obese, you'll often hear things like insulin's to blame, right? It's these frequent insulin spikes. Insulin causes fat storage and without carbs and insulin, your body won't store fat. So the question we're answering today is, are these claims true? And do you really need to be scared of insulin? So you have questions. Today's episode has answers. All right, so first and foremost, we need to dive into what is insulin? So in short, insulin is a hormone produced by your pancreas to help control your blood sugar levels. When you consume carbs, they're broken down into glucose. This glucose then enters your bloodstream. It's your quote unquote blood sugar, which cues the release of insulin. So insulin is basically a shuttling agent a shuttling agent, we could say, for your blood sugar slash blood glucose, however you want to talk about it. It's what allows the glucose to leave the bloodstream and enter different cells throughout your body for a variety of functions like one, being used as energy, two, being stored as liver and muscle glycogen, three, entering long-term storage as body fat. So the question here is, why are people so scared of insulin? Because a lot of people that you'll hear talking about insulin you'll realize don't really actually have a very good grasp on what it is, what it does. So in this argument against insulin, there are generally two primary reasons that people believe it causes fat gain. Number one is insulin is the shuttling agent that allows glucose to be stored as fat. Number two is insulin prevents the breakdown of fat, aka lipolysis, and increases the formation of fat, aka lipogenesis. So this has led many to the same conclusion, which is insulin and carbs, which are responsible for spiking insulin, make you fat. A low-carb diet that keeps insulin low is a must for fat loss. And it would seem that they have a valid point, right, from stemming from, again, these two facts that one, insulin is a shuttling agent that allows glucose to be stored as fat, and two, insulin prevents the breakdown of fat and increases the formation of fat. But hold up. So first and foremost, we need to realize that your body can store fat without insulin. As I just mentioned, insulin can act as a shuttling agent that allows glucose to enter fat cells and increases body fat. This is a common argument for the low-carb diet, but the reality of gaining body fat is this thought process of consume carbs equals insulin spike equals fat gain isn't the only way that your body accumulates fat. Even when insulin levels and carbohydrate intake are low, your body can still gain fat. And really, when debating the same topic, an excellent article by James Krieger, which I'm going to link up in the show notes, says, there is an enzyme in your fat cells called hormone-sensitive lipase. Hormone-sensitive lipase helps break down fat. Insulin suppresses the activity of HSL, or hormone-sensitive lipase, and thus suppresses the breakdown of fat. This has caused people to point fingers at carbohydrate for causing fat gain. However, fat will also suppress hormone-sensitive lipase even when insulin levels are low. This means you will be unable to lose fat even when carbohydrate intake is low if you are overeating on calories. 
to lose or gain weight, we still must account for calories. And I want to go off on some personal experience I've had with this because my first successful fat loss diet was a low carb diet. So I had just switched from a high carb and high fat diet. Basically, I was just eating a lot of everything. Um, I knew that carbs were great for training performance for recovery, but I was also very bought into this idea of being sure I ate lots of healthy fats. And I also knew that protein was super important. So I was eating a lot of, it was a high carb, high protein, high fat diet. Um, it was great while it lasted, but I had just switched off of this into a low carb diet. And at the time I thought that I had lost fat simply because I was avoiding carbs. Now really it was because I was restricting my food choices to ground beef and avocados. I was really sick of these foods after a few months and thus drastically reduced my daily calorie intake. Now, if you've, there's a couple episodes where I've talked about the ground beef and avocado diet. Um, I lost 45 pounds basically. Um, Felt terrible, not a fun experience to this day, I the thought of eating ground beef and avocados together makes me just feel nauseous. But I lost a lot of weight in the process. So after seeing these fat loss results, I took my quote unquote only carbs make you fat hypothesis and ran with it to create what I believe to be the perfect diet, which was the low carb high ribeye diet. So my diet stayed low carb, but consisted consisted of one pound of ribeye covered in olive oil daily, for real. Every single day I would eat at least a pound of ribeye, which was great. And I would also eat a shit ton of eggs, grass-fed butter, nuts and nuts, nut butters, sausage, bacon, and fatty ground beef. So like 80% ground beef. Basically, a lot of very calorie-dense, high-fat foods. Now, the results of this diet still break my heart because I really do love ribeye a lot. But I ended up gaining most of the weight that I lost back, 35 pounds to be exact. Now, eventually, after a lot of diet, and honestly, this experience was a big part of what pushed me to really, really dive into nutrition and eventually got me, or it was really why I'm a nutrition coach first and foremost now. But eventually, I got super lean from multiple photo shoots on a higher carb, lower fat approach, and a more balanced approach. So the moral of this story is controlling calories is really what it comes down to. I was able to gain fat on a low-carb diet. I was able to lose fat on a low-carb, high-fat diet and on a high-carb, low-fat diet. Now, I'm not saying that calories are the only thing that matter here, but people get way too caught up in debating carbs versus fat and forget to account for calories, which really make much more difference. All right, personal anecdote done, back to insulin. So the question here is, should we avoid insulin spikes? So you may remember when I said, insulin prevents the breakdown of fat, aka lipolysis, and increases the formation of fat, aka lipogenesis. That in itself seems like a good reason to avoid spiking your insulin, right? But for most of us, insulin levels are only elevated for a few hours post-meal. This means your body is always in a flux of fat gain and fat loss. Post-meal, you may be gaining fat, but several hours later, you'll be losing fat again as insulin levels come back down. In a 24-hour period, regardless of carb intake and insulin spikes, if you're consuming fewer calories than you're burning, you'll lose fat. If you're consuming the same amount of calories as you're burning, weight will stay stable. If you're eating more calories than you're burning, you'll gain weight. Once again, calories are the overruling principle that we need to control here. Another shocking revelation to many people 
is the fact that protein also spikes insulin. <sighs> really? So many high protein foods stimulate insulin to similar or greater levels than high carb foods. Whey protein actually causes a greater insulin response than eating white bread. And if we look at the insulin index of foods from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, cheese, beef, and fish create more insulin release than or white pasta and are on similar levels to brown rice. So this really pokes holes in the theory that high-protein, high-fat, low-carb diets are more effective due to your ability to better control insulin when we see that insulin often spikes to a greater degree from a protein from a high protein intake but interestingly you don't hear anyone pushing a low protein diet for fat loss so maybe insulin isn't the culprit after all in fact research has shown that meals that create a large insulin insulin release are more filling and this aligns with what is relative relatively common knowledge for many that have successfully lost a large amount of body fat and really a key component of what I teach my online clients to help regulate appetite. Focusing on including protein at each meal and fibrous carb sources at most meals is one of the best ways to keep you satiated and prevent hunger. Plus, insulin is a key hormone in building and maintaining lean muscle. See, insulin has an inverse relationship with the hormone cortisol. Cortisol is a catabolic hormone. It breaks things down, including muscle, for energy. So an increase in insulin post-workout, ideally through a mixture of protein and carbs, decreases cortisol levels, meaning less muscle protein is being broken down and your body is in a better position to recover and build more lean muscle. So the point of all of this is insulin isn't the villain that it's often made out to be. And you can really leave today's discussion with a few basic principles. One, you need to control calories. Regardless of the insulin response, carbohydrate, or fat composition of a meal, you'll gain weight if you, if you eat more calories than you burn in a day, and you'll lose weight if you eat fewer calories than you burn in a day. Of course, it gets more complex than calories in, calories out, as many factors surrounding calories in impact, impact calories out. But using my low-carb slash high-ribeye diet as an example, we often miss the forest for the trees when it comes to fat loss. And like glaring examples of this are like people that I've talked to in the past that are struggling to lose fat are going so far as to use like a continuous glucose monitor, but don't know how many calories they're eating. Um, it's also smart to focus on foods that keep you full and are hard to overeat. A big part of why carbs and insulin often get a bad rap is because in our modern environment, they often come in the form of foods that make it extremely easy to overeat calories. So think highly processed, highly palatable, quote unquote, refined carbs. These foods often also contain a large amount of fat and are very calorie dense. So while these foods themselves aren't quote unquote bad, eating lots of calorie dense foods will make it harder to control your calories as a whole. That said, for a nutrition strategy to be sustainable long-term, I have found with online clients it's crucial to teach you how to work foods like this in, in moderation. And like we know from Mark Quab's Twinkie Diet Experiment, you can absolutely still lose weight while eating highly processed foods as long as calories are controlled. Again, it'll just make regulating appetite and getting vital nutrients harder for most of us. So, for most of us, building our meals mostly around lean protein and fiber, basically here think fruits and veggies or carbs that grew from the earth, and eating primarily whole foods 
is a surprisingly simple but effective strategy for building your best body composition ever. And finally, it depends. So the reality is we can't blame any one thing, carbs, insulin, fats, etc., for obesity. A healthy body will use carbs for fuel. But for obese, sedentary individuals, large doses of carbs or calories in general are likely going to compound the issue and your body will have more trouble handling all the insulin. You are an individual. There is no one exactly like you. You have a physiology and genetics that are 100% unique to you. This means when determining what works best for you, really, it depends on you. This is exactly why individualized coaching is such a powerful tool. I've seen online clients build their best body compositions and in turn best confidence ever on low carb diets, on high carb diets, and everything in between. So if you're ready to determine the nutrition strategy that best fits you as an individual, click the link in the show notes to apply for online coaching with me. And that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in.